Amen. Let's lift our praise to our God. Amen. He's so good to us. I love that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when he comes into your life, boy, he starts changing things. Amen. We love you, Lord. The God of creation took our place. Hallelujah. The God of redemption opened the way. The day you gave your life seemed a failure in our eyes. But the stone it rolled away as you walked out of that grave. God of perfection became sin. Thank you, Lord. The God of salvation, he changed everything. The day, the day you gave your life seemed a failure in our eyes. But the stone it rolled away as you walked out of that grave. Let this place. Thank you. 
see your face, Lord. Every man. 
You are so good, God. Thank you, Lord, that in your steadfast love, you give us life, Lord. You give us life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pour out our 
and for all that you're going to do. We love you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' holy and powerful and awesome name. Amen. Amen. We bless your name, Lord. Yeah, give him a shout. Give him a clap. You are beautiful, God. when you, uh, you get to praying and you think nothing's happening, the Lord's not listening, and then you remember that you are his child, and I think Amen. about my child, and when my child wants something and they come and they talk to me, I listen. So, you know, I just said, you know, hey, Jesus, go in there and tell Dad, I'm talking, listen. That's what he does. He sits at the right hand of our Father, interceding for us. And we can go boldly in the throne and ask him for anything, and he's ever faithful. Amen. And you know, if we pay our tithes and our offerings, it, that gives us the privilege to go in and say, we need, because he promises to meet every need. He promises to Amen. Uh, keep the devourer away from our door. Thank you, Lord. He promises to give back to us, press down, shaking together, running over. So Thank why you, wouldn't Lord. you give? Why wouldn't That's you right. pay your tithes? Why wouldn't you want that blessing? So now is your opportunity. You can do that tonight in the service. You can give outside in the foyer at our kiosk. You can give on our website, pca.com. You can also give on our app. If you don't have the app, go to the App Store or the Play Store and download, search for PCA Church. Download the app. Answer affirmatively to everything if you have the app. It's not only good for giving, but it also keeps you up to date on what's happening. Things are going to go on. Things are going to not go on. So and also you can text PCA Church to 1844-390-2401. So lots and lots of ways to give. And you know, if you don't think you have a lot, that's okay. Everybody gives their part. That's right. Little in the hand of God is much. And we can do great things with little in God's hands. Right. So be sure to give. Gentlemen, if you'll come. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, your faithfulness. Yes, Lord, we thank you, God, that you're ever faithful. You meet every need. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering, bless the giver, give back to them, Father, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Father, I pray that you would bless this offering and multiply it, that would meet every need, God, that we could reach our community, Father, for you, be your hands extended. Lord, we pray, God, that you would touch our pastor tonight. Yes. Give him a double portion of your anointing, Father. Prepare every heart, mind, and soul to receive your word through him, that he might receive the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It was great to be in the house of God on Sunday. Man, the Amen. move of God was just wonderful, especially around the altars. Man, the presence of God. I love hanging out in the presence of God, don't you? You need to do it every day. Every day, hang out in the presence of God. I've um, finished up the series last week, Victim or Victor. So if you were not able to listen to it or were not able to be here, Go back in the archives and listen to that series because I believe God wants us to be victors, but the enemy tries to make us to be victims and everything's against us and everything's going the wrong way, but we are victors through Jesus Christ. And um, so many people tell me, man, Pastor, that was great. Thank you for helping us out in this area. So tonight, tonight I'm a little, um, a little nervous because... When I begin to tell you what I'm going to start a series on, a lot of people are going to go, oh, man, are you serious? 
and start checking out. I don't want you to check out. Um, pastor Richard, our creative arts pastor, said, Pastor, when they get through with this teaching, they should get a degree. They should get part of their degree in seminary. Absolutely. But I'm not going to teach it boring like my professors did. I want to teach you because God says that we are to be students. Study the Word of God to show ourselves students to rightly divide the Word of God. And I do believe that when we rightly divide this thing, we get God's attention, don't you? How many of you want God to listen to you when you really need Him to, even when you don't need Him to? You need God to listen. So um, get your Bible. Stand with me tonight. We're going to get started. I'm excited about this series because when I discovered this in my life, totally changed my life. I like totally changing, don't you? So repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy words. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help me tonight. Take notes. Amen. You may be seated. Take notes. I was going to give you some notes. And those of you that look ahead on the app, you're going to get some notes in advance. Do everything. Uh, there's a right way to go about your accounting. There's a right way to wash your car. There's a right way to mow your yard. And if you don't mow your yard like I do, you are wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody has a way of doing things. God says, I have a way I want you to do things. So tonight I want to start a series on principles and patterns. Principles and patterns because throughout the word of God he has principles and he had patterns and he says I want you to pay attention. Okay, so when I say the word, here we go, you ready? Prayer. When you holler prayer, most people go, oh no, not prayer. We know everything there is to know about prayer. How many of you know everything there is to know about prayer? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you know that that is the way God communicates? And how many of you know that if Jesus said, I have to spend some time praying to the Father, that if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? And so we're going to talk about basics. Some people say, oh, this is so basic. I've been a Christian for generations, for, for decades, for thousands of years. I don't need to be taught on prayer. Yes, you do. Because I believe I'm going to share something New. I believe I'm going to share something revelatory in your life. And so what I found out, pastoring almost four decades, is this. People think they know how to pray, but they really don't know how to pray. They talk, but they don't know how to pray. And so throughout the Word of God, God has given us several principles and lots of patterns in His Word on how to pray because this is vital to our relationship with Him. How many of you have a spouse? Raise your hand. How many of you think that talking to that spouse once a year is going to keep you a good, solid relationship? How many of you think about talking about spouse once a month? Going to have a good relationship? Once a week? Maybe only when you need something. That's when I'm going to talk to my spouse. That's when I'm going to talk and have a relationship. No, when we're in relationship. Uh, Sandy and I talk 
all the time. And we talk multiple times a day. Why? Because we have relationship. So if we're going to have relationship, he is our father, he is our daddy, and we are his children. How many know that you don't want your kids coming to you just when they are in need? You want them to come to you and go every now and then. Man, tonight I walked into the church and it was awesome. I walked into the, um, the fellowship hall and everybody was having dinner. And I was just hugged by all these kids going, Oh, Pastor, we love you, we love you. We gave me all these hugs. I'm like, that's awesome. And they didn't ask for one thing. They just wanted hugs. So I hugged them up and told them that they were my favorite. I think I told several of them they were my favorites. But you are all God's favorites. We learned about that last series. We are God's special possession. It's how we communicate. And tonight I'm not going to talk about rituals. I don't believe a relationship has to do with rituals. I don't believe I need to go, okay, I got to talk with Sandy, and I got to do it for an hour, and here we go. Hey, Sandy, how are you? And this becomes a ritual. No, I believe any time I need to talk, we just talk. We have relationship, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Exodus 25, 1 through 8. I want you to get this foundation tonight. Here's what the Lord said to Moses. Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are able to receive from them. Here's all the different kinds. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat hair. How did goat hair get in there? I don't know. Ram skins dyed red. Very specific. And another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. Remember we talked about the anointing oil that was put together every morning. And then onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breastplates of the priest. Then have them make a sanctuary for me and I will dwell among them. Dwell among them. Hebrews chapter 8, 1 through 5. Now the main point, that's always important, pay attention. Now the main point is, we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Every priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by law. They serve at a sanctuary, this is important, that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. So if we want to know what's going to be in heaven, God said, I want you to build me a tabernacle and I want it to be a shadow of what it's like in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Can you imagine God looking at you and saying that? See to it. See to it. Don't cut any corners. You do it exactly like I showed you on the mountain, boy. I can just hear God add that. That's my own little interpretation. God is very specific about everything he does. The tabernacle was in place for 500 years. 
500 years. It was there from the time of Moses all the way through until David. Solomon then built the temple. But for 500 years, God says, this is where and how you are to worship. 500 years. The tabernacle was not in Jerusalem. It was in the desert, remember? In the wilderness. It was where Egypt was in their past. Canaan, the land of milk and honey, was in their future. Where are we at in our lives today? We've got our past, we've got heaven in our future, and here we are today. And the Bible says that we are to have this tabernacle and God will dwell among us. In the New Testament, God dwells in our temple, in our tabernacle. And so God told Moses very specifically how to build this because this is going to be a pattern. And then I'm going to give you principles on how you are to approach God. So the tabernacle was God's appearance to man in grace and man's approach to God in grace. God says, this is how I'm going to appear to you and give you grace, but this is how you're going to approach me to receive grace. Yes, I want grace of God, don't you? I want to go to the mercy seat of God. I want to get into the presence of God. And so the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, which was filled with idolatry. So for generations, 400 years, they had been in a society, in a culture of worshiping idols. Now God takes them out of that culture and says, now I want to put you into a tabernacle. I want to show you how to worship God. Not idols, but God. And so it replaced idolatry. And this was a new way to approach God. Can you imagine all of those who had been entrenched in this way of worshiping? When all of a sudden Moses come down from the mountain and he goes, Okay guys, got a new way of doing church. What? I thought the old way was good enough. And then after 500 years, can you imagine going from the tabernacle to now the temple of Solomon? Wow, what a change. And then... They were in the temple of Solomon all through the rest of the Old Testament in the times of the dark times, 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, and then all the way up until Jesus was crucified. And then that veil was rent from top to bottom. And now we are in this place called where we are the temple of God. God dwells in us, and we are all priests. So there was a pattern. There was a pattern in idolatry for the carnal. Now there is a pattern in the wilderness to approach God. And God says, this is a pattern that is just like it is in heaven. It looks like a shadow. Exodus 25, 8. Then have them make me a sanctuary and I will dwell among them. God tells step by step in the tabernacle, how to approach God, and he gives them stages to go through to get to him. I believe the same thing happens in our prayer life today. We need to understand how to start a prayer, go through the stages we need to, to get into the presence of God. The ultimate goal is what? The presence of God. Presence of God. 
Psalm 1611 says this, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The goal, the destination is the presence of God. Why? He fills me with joy. Eternal pleasures are at his right hand. I want joy in this life, don't you? I want to be filled with joy. Because joy is not temporary. Joy is not based upon a circumstance. Joy is based upon being in the presence of God. And I want to tell you, the presence of God changes everything in our lives. It changes our attitude. It changes our perspective. It changes our outlook on life. It changes our decision making. It changes our mindset. It changes everything in life. When you get in the presence of God, he fills you with his eternal joy. That's awesome. And we all need that every day. Today I received a phone call from my brother. My brother's a deacon in a church in Mississippi. And um, he was calling me. They had a tragedy in their church uh, on Sunday. Their youth pastor, his youth pastor there at the church, uh, his, he and his wife have a nine-year-old and then twins, a little boy and a little girl, five years of age. And on Sunday, uh, they had taken their children to a birthday party. And the little five-year-old boy somehow got away from the party and went into the backyard and fell into the pool and drowned. That's horrible. He was saying, how do we handle this? How do we go through this with this youth pastor and his wife? And How do we as a church somehow help them through because you know what? They may be youth pastors, but they're also humans. Loss of a five-year-old little boy. This is going to be a mark in their life for the rest of their life. Everything will be before that day and after that day. To handle life, whatever your situation is, because whatever your situation is, it's big to you. I have found that my situation is big to me, but if I tell you my situation, you go, that's nothing. You can get over that real quick. Let me tell you how to fix this. But your situation is big to you, and I may go, that's nothing. Let me tell you how to fix this. Yeah. Because whenever you're going through something, it's huge to you. Huge to you. And so you need to go and get in the presence of God because that's the only place where you're going to find joy, where you're going to find help in your time of trouble, where you're going to find relationship with God because it's not this God way out there, this ethereal being that's great and most high. No, it's God right here in your heart, living inside of you, relationship with you every day, all the time. The Bible says we are to continually offer up praise and continually be in His presence. And so first step to being in the presence of God, he said, now listen, whenever God built the tabernacle, he built it from the inside out. He told Moses how to go about the Holy of Holies, and then the holy place, and then the tables, and then the brazen altar. But when they go to the presence of God, we start from the outside and come in. And so the first place that God had set up, the first stage was the brazen altar. I think we have a a photo of it right up there. 
It's where the priest would begin to offer sacrifice. Exodus 27 verse 1 says this, Build an altar of acacia wood, three cubits high. It is to be square, five cubits long, and five cubits wide. Yeah, God gives specific instructions and told Moses this, You see to it that you do it exactly like I told you to do it. I believe that's important to us today. You may say, Pastor, this is Old Testament. No, there's principles. And God if, will honor us if we see to it that we do it just like He said. The brazen altar has a twofold ministry. First of all, it's the ministry of expiation. You may say, that's a big word. You're getting your college degree, okay? Expiation. It's where the high priest offered gifts and sacrifices for sin. For sin. Hebrews 5.1 Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. Our prayer life has to start at the brazen altar. Every day. Every day. We start at the same place. And this is where we start at the brazen altar and we pray and we focus on sacrifice. The sacrifice for my sin happened at the cross. And every day we need to be reminded of the price that was paid for our freedom. Our freedom. This Sunday we have Memorial Day. You need to be here. If you're at the lake, come to church and go back to the lake. If you're going somewhere, come here, go back. It's going to be that important. Why? Because... Freedom cost something. And we need to be reminded every day of the life that we have in Christ. It cost a sacrifice on a cross. It focuses on the cross and what the cross represents. It focuses on the blood. So when I start praying, I, I pray about the cross and the sacrifice. And I thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that blood washes away all my sins. It washes away my past. It's gone, never to be remembered again. I, I talk about the sacrifice, the body of Jesus Christ. And I talk about the stripes that were upon his back. They were there for my healing. I need to be reminded that my healing is not free. It's a price that was paid. But because there was a price paid for my healing, I now can receive it. I can go to Walmart and pay for something and tell you, Go pick it up. It's paid for. But what do you have to do? You have to take the time to go and get it. You may go, eh, Walmart's kind of out of my way. I'm not going by there today. I'm going this way and that way. Uh, I'm just not. And so after a couple of did you get that? No, I haven't had time. Listen, we've got every day take that free gift of eternal life and be reminded of it. And we also need to pray and thank God for the redemption. Man, aren't you glad you're redeemed? You've been bought with a price. You are not your own. Praise God for that. I thank God that I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I love that. I'm not my own. I've got a heavenly father now who watches out over me, who takes care of me and makes sure that I'm ready. What the blood of bulls and goats could not accomplish, the blood of Jesus Christ accomplished and this is important, once and for all. 
Pastor, this is basic. No, no, no. It's steps to get to the presence of God. You mean you just don't jump in and start telling him what you need? Absolutely not. God said, that is not the way you approach me. Here's the way. If you want me to hear you and if you want to get my attention, this is how you do it. It's step by step by step. So you praise him for the cross. Galatians 3, 13 through 14 says this. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order. I talked about this in this victor to victim. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith we receive the promises of the Spirit. Thank God for that process of principles and pattern. God gave blessing to Abraham and God's going to give that same blessing that Abraham was given, the right hand of God on Abraham. He puts the right hand on us and gives us that generational blessing because we are the seed of Abraham. And we receive the promise through Jesus Christ who became the curse so we are not cursed. We receive blessings. And we receive that through the promise of the Holy Spirit. And you need to just thank God every day for your deliverance from your past. Aren't you proud of that? That your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and nobody can take that out. Praise Him for the cross. Sing about it. You may say, I don't want to sing to God. Oh, He loves to hear you sing. And you can sing whatever you want to. I got to tell you, sometimes in church they don't sing what I want to sing. They don't sing it in the key I want to sing it in. And they don't sing it as much as I want to sing it. That's okay. You know why? I don't worry about coming to church to get my praise on. Yes, I do. I praise corporately and that's fun. But every day I praise God the way I want to praise Him. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I want to bless Him with what I want to bless Him with. Amen. And sometimes it's good old hymns. And sometimes it's a good, upbeat, progressive chorus of praise. I don't know. Sometimes I just want to give him and say, thank you, Lord, for the cross. The old rugged cross. Sing that sometimes. On a hill far away. Yeah. Some people go, oh, that, I don't want that. Well, then get, get after it. Do whatever you want to do. But be sure you start at the brazen altar. You start at the place where my sins have been forgiven. My price has been paid for my life. My past is gone. And thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. So we go into the tabernacle. The first thing is the brazen altar. The priests offer the sacrifices, the gifts there for what? Sins. The next step we move to is the laver. The laver. Got a little picture of that as well, I do believe. The laver. It's a wash basin. So the priests, when they offer sacrifice, they're going to have blood on their hands. They're going to... They're going to have things that need to be cleaned. So the next phase they do is they walk in to where the labor is at. Look at this. Exodus chapter 30, verse 17 through 21. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a bronze basin with its bronze stand for washing. Place it between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Aaron and his sons are to wash their hands and feet with water from it. Whenever they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water so they will not die. This is serious stuff. 
if the priest did not stop and wash their hands and their feet in this labor, if they went from the brazen altar right to the third step, God said, uh-uh, you'll die. Now, I don't think God will kill us spiritually, but he wants us to understand we've got to make sure we're washed and clean when we come into his presence. Whenever they enter, they will wash so they will not die. Also, when they approach the altar to minister by presenting a food offering to the Lord, they shall wash their hands and feet so they will not die. This will be a lasting ordinance for Aaron and his descendants for generations to come. For 500 years, this was the way it was done. Offer the sacrifice at the brazen altar, come to the laver, and get clean. The labor speaks of sanctification to us. When we are saved, we are instantaneously sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what that means, sanctified. We are holy, we are righteous, not because of our works, but because of the works of Jesus Christ. But from that moment forward, God is constantly working on us. How many of you like it when people around you take a shower every day? Hallelujah. Yeah. You want everybody around you to take a shower every day. God wants us to wash up every day and get clean. Uh, I think Wednesday nights are a great midweek washing. Sometimes we need to get our minds straight. Sometimes we need to get in the presence of God in worship. Uh, I don't know how people do it. But the only times they worship is Sunday and Wednesday. But some people only worship on Sundays. Some people only worship once a month on Sundays. I don't know how to do it because I get dirty enough every day to get washed up sometimes two or three times a day because when we're in this world, it sticks to us. Sometimes it's profanities that will be we'll hear and it sticks in our mind. Sometimes it's things that we become critical of, a jealousy, anger, doubts, all these things. we got to get our whole body washed and God works on us so we have instantaneous sanctification and salvation but the Bible says that he is continuously transforming us that word is metamorphi which we get metamorphosis from we are constantly being transformed going through a metamorphosis in our life from glory to glory to glory and that is a never-ending tense in the Greek it never stops so if you've been saved for 35 years, God's still working on you. He's still getting you more and more like Him. And so we need this progressive sanctification. It's where we get washed up. The Bible says the way we get washed up is we let the Word of God wash our minds. We let the Spirit of God sanctify us. Look at this, Ephesians 5.26 that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Why do I hold this up and go, every day help me to read thy word? Because every day we need washing. Every day we need to read it, we need to wash, and we need to live it. Because it's hard enough... To do it if you're getting washed every day, it's really harder if it's been a week. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have our spiritual life, which is life in Christ because now we are born again in our spirit. 
And then he says, I need you to wash your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So we then pray every day, not my will, but thy will be done. If you're not constantly getting your will washed off, guess what? You will be thinking and doing, my will be done. It happens. Why? Because we're human. And then it says not only to wash your spirit and to wash your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotion, but it says also wash your body. I believe we are responsible for how we present our bodies. The Bible says in Romans that your bodies are an instrument of sacrifice and worship. And we are to present our bodies as a part of our worship. And sometimes the way we present ourselves, it can cause people to worship God or it can cause people to lust, think the wrong things. Sometimes we present ourselves in such a way, we go, man, I thought they should at least took a bath today. Wouldn't it be horrible if your pastor had body odor and after church I go to hug you? My, my kids and my wife said that when I sweat, I sweat polo. I've been using it since I was 12. Every day I use it because, you know what, I don't want anybody to ever say that pastor stinks. I've had pastors, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying, it's hard to hug somebody when you have to hold your breath. And I believe we should present our bodies. Our bodies become a way people can also be ushered into the presence of God. The way we worship, the way we use our bodies in worship, it's not distracting, it's not taking people's minds off of God, it's leading people to God. Now I know today the way pastors dress is controversial in some places. How in the world can we worship if the pastor doesn't have on a suit? And in other places, it's how can we worship if the pastor has on a suit? I don't know. I, I, don't, I just know what this. All I want to do is exalt Jesus Christ. Because when he is exalted, he will draw all men unto him. And so we do this with the very nature of our body, our soul, and our spirit. And that needs to be washed. Look at this, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. Sometimes we need our minds washed, don't we? Because we start thinking on the wrong things. We can't control every thought that comes in, but we can control every thought that stays in. And we got to take every thought captive in 1 Corinthians and we are to throw it away. And sometimes we need our minds washed. We need to go through a, just a mind wash. Get all this stuff out. Images, words, thoughts, deeds, all those things. And if it's not a part of this, don't think about it. And here's what I'm going to say to all Christians. Let's just be honest. Repent and get washed and get clean. Why can't we just do that? Why do we have to think, well, I don't need to do any of that? I don't know of anybody who doesn't. All of us live in this world, and if you live in this world, you're going to have all kind of filth coming at you all the time. And I need my mind washed. I don't know about you, but I need my mind washed. Sometimes it needs to get, be washed of jealousy. A critical spirit. 
evil desires, pride, unforgiveness, the list goes on and on and on. Because all these things can come into your life and the enemy will cause it to happen. We need to let the Spirit of God, the Word of God, wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. i got to stop. I just looked at the clock and realized we've got a crunch. We've got a pattern. God said, what is in heaven? I want it to build similarly on earth, a shadow. He said, this is a pattern of how to approach God. And you may say, well, Pastor, this is Old Testament. Hang out. I'm going to get you. I've been giving you Old New Testament scriptures. I'm going to get you right there in the New Testament. But there is a right way and a wrong way to approach God to have success. I want success, don't you? Stand with me tonight. I don't want it to be a ritual, and God definitely does not want it to be a ritual. God definitely doesn't want us just going, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. He doesn't want that. And he doesn't want us to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning if you're not a morning purpose. Oh, God. Come on. It's relationship. And I believe we need to know how to do things right. Father God, tonight help us. Help us not to come into your presence and not honor you. You deserve all the honor, all the power, all the praise. 